unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Happy Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are at your place for the raw and unscripted show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach. And I'm here to help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy BS. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, what do I mean by that? I mean, in fact, that a lot of our problems are created within ourselves. It's our beliefs. It's our expectations. It's our perceptions about our past, present, and our future. So that's what I do here every single week is I help you guys expand and see things from a different angle, a different perspective, change your expectations of what you can do and how you can really ebb and flow throughout the world in a much different way, in a way that's not fighting things, in a way that it's receiving things. And that is uh, actually a little teaser of what we're going to be doing here today on the show. So appreciate you guys being here, whether you're live or on the replay. We always love you guys, our misfits for life. Um, of course, we are not only here on videocast, broadcasting on LinkedIn and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and the Facebook groups and the Facebook pages and everything else, but we're actually also on audio podcast. I know a lot of you guys check out here on the uh, viewer, the video podcast but we're also on audio podcasts wherever podcasts are sold. So the predominant one is iTunes. If you just go in there and you search iTunes and type in raw and unscripted, most definitely you will find us there and you can take us on the road with you. This is actually episode number 180. So we've been doing 180 of these episodes. And as you guys know, many of you have been following me before I did the kick-ass radio show for three and a half years. And then I also do the unfiltered experience on Friday night. So no shortage of getting access to me and my brilliance. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you guys being here. And as always, comment, engage, ask us questions as we are going through the show. Even if you're on replay, we'll make sure you guys get those, those questions answered because that's what this is about. This is a community. This is a conversation between myself and my guest. And we're sitting at a bar. We're sitting at a coffee shop having a great time and you guys are kind of just over listening You're like oh man what are those guys talking about they sound like they're really successful it sounds like they're really happy and they're dialed into things what's going on over there that's the premise of the show basic and simple if you guys are following us for the first time we appreciate you for being here and as always go to noexcusescoach.com check more out about me but the thing i want to tell you about right now is help heal humanity please ladies and gentlemen when you get value out of the show when you get value out of the show the price to pay for actually getting this amazing information is to go to helphealhumanity.org and ask yourself what it is that I can do for the organization. What is it that I can do to make this world a better place? It's an organization that I'm personally involved with. I'm on the board of directors with it. And each and every week we are meeting and we're discussing ways we can obviously help heal humanity. And one of the biggest human, 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 humanitarian crises. I was trying to say six different words at once. One of the biggest humanitarian crises we have going on right now is in Haiti. And you guys have heard me talk about this right now. We have a $100,000 campaign that we're raising money for to not only send kids to school, but also send kids to school and feed them. The food insecurity in Haiti, the, the, the crime and everything else that's going on there is absolutely unbelievable. It's unconscionable, but still through all the chaos, we're still sending kids to school. And that's what we ask for you guys from here, whether it's five bucks, 25 bucks, a hundred bucks, sponsoring a child, whatever you can do to help out the organization. Nobody there takes a paycheck. We all do it out of the goodness of our heart. And it's just something I'm super passionate about. 
Here in the United States, obviously, we have a lot of things going on and a lot of chaos and uncertainty, but here we have resources. Here we have opportunities that we can get help and we can go out there and be resourceful with ourselves to increase our income. In Haiti, it's absolutely just devastating. What we want to do is we want to change the trajectory of that with the youth of that nation, be able to have them build their own society, build a promising world where everybody has opportunities, how everybody has equanimity, equality, and you guys can help us do that. Uh, we just had a couple of viewers last week donate 25 bucks. They said, Chris, that's all I can afford. I'm like, nope, that's that's perfect. That is perfect. Every time we get 25 bucks in, that's a little bit more that we're going towards to make that goal happen. Send these kids to school and not only do that, feed them at least three times a week. So appreciate your support. I know I provide a lot of content and a lot of value to you guys through my walk and talk videos, through my social media posts, through these shows and through everything else, the chats that I have with you guys, I don't charge you guys for that. So that's what I would appreciate for you guys to do is to go to helphealhumanity.org and let us know uh, there. If you're interested in becoming a board member, if you're interested in doing a volunteer uh, drive of your own to raise money, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have some viewers here who have done some things like that. They've had bake sales. They've had lemonade stands. They've sold stuff. So anything that you think that you can creatively do to support the organization, we would love for you to join us and help us help heal humanity. And with that, appreciate you guys a little uh, indulging us in that. And uh, it's just a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. And, you know, on the show, I bring you all types of different types of guests. We've had um, superstars. We've had celebrities, rock stars, authors, um, uh, influencers. We've had the, the regular people in life who have overcome tremendous things. And today I'm pleased to tell you that we have an author of a, of a book that I absolutely adore and love. I, I read it years and years and years ago. And actually, I tried to uh, put it in as a uh, as a company initiative where I was working. And unfortunately, it wasn't entirely embraced some of the aspects of it were, were embraced. But when you think about what it is that we can do in our life and what I'm talking about with Help Heal Humanity is the fact that we can go give. And I've learned when you give of yourself, you get so much more in return. It's unbelievable. You know, so many people are out there with this 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 ex expectation like, oh, you know, I should get, I should get, I deserve, I did I, you know, all these different things. But what's amazing is when you put aside all those desires and everything else and you go out there and you truly give of yourself, like Help Heal Humanity, like I do giving out co complimentary coaching calls throughout the entire uh, period of COVID, my way of paying it forward is to make this world a better place and together we can do that. And so the book that we're going to be talking about today is The Go-Giver, uh, which is authored by Bob Berg. And uh, Bob is a tremendous individual. I've actually just reacquainted myself with the book once again to remember a, a lot of the different uh, principles and initiatives in there. So if you haven't read the book, by the end of this conversation, you're going to want to go definitely go get it. And with that, we're welcoming to the Ron Scripta Show, Mr. Bob Berg. How are you doing today, Mr. Bob? Christopher, I'm great. And just it's it's fantastic to be with you. Thank you. Finally, finally, it's been it's been a lot of back and forth to get you on the show, and I appreciate your flexibility. and And uh, I always believe that everything happens for a reason. So today we're having this this great conversation. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate your flexibility. You went out of your way to make it happen, and I I'm very grateful. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I, I just believe in that. I believe when everything's supposed to happen, it's supposed to happen for the right time and the right reasons. Like yesterday, I was literally at the at the mall. I had to go there and exchange some of my son's shoes. And so I took an old pair of shoes back that we couldn't, that he couldn't fit into, went to the store, did the exchange, got all the way back out to my car from the shopping mall and literally got to my car and went, oh, I forgot to tell them that they already, that they didn't apply the credit. And so I was all mad and think, oh, I got to walk all the way back through the mall. I'm not a mall person. I got, and I immediately just sat there and I shifted my perspective. I'm like, Chris, you having to go back in the mall right now could potentially save you from getting into an accident right now. So I, I immediately took away my frustration, like, oh, what an idiot. I, I should have told him. And I actually enjoyed the walk back through the mall. And I was looking at people happy and shopping and everything else. And I just turned what usually would have been a frustrating experience. I turned it into a, this is happening for me. No big deal. Walked back in the store, did the thing, went home. No big deal. It took me another 10 minutes. So I always believe in looking at those things. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, my first question for you is a, a question I've been asking for a, a lot of my guests lately. Obviously, we're just coming out of the pandemic. We spent the last two and a half years going through a lot of different things that in our lifetime we have never really experienced, at least for me. What has the pandemic taught you about yourself and about society as a whole? Because you obviously are an observer of society. What things have you learned about yourself and the society as a whole during this pandemic? Uh, well, you know, my, myself, I, I don't know if I've learned a whole lot because of the pandemic. I try to keep learning about myself more and more all the time. Um, I, I am a student of human nature, and it was interesting to see in the pandemic how much of, of general human nature just did what human nature does. Uh, first, people panicked and kind of, uh, you know, went over the edge and you had all the, the hoarding of all the, you know, the, the toilet paper and the, if you remember that, the, that yep. whole thing and people just trying to survive at the expense, right. Of, of everyone else. And, and that happened for a little bit, but then people got it together as people usually do. And all of a sudden you heard a lot more about people making sure their neighbors were taken care of. You heard more about how, you know, uh, neighborhoods would get together to, to kind of keep things functioning and yeah. working together. Uh, you saw people who before wouldn't, you know, would say, oh, sales and, and, and all that can never happen on, on, on Zoom. Well, now it had to mm -hmm. happen. on Zoom, So now it did. Right. Mm -hmm. And you found you, you saw people finding ways to provide value to others that created an environment for, you know, after the after things got a little bit more even keeled, well, they positioned themselves as real go to people. Well, like yourself, so, you know, such as as you did. So, uh, you know, I think what we saw is that human nature is human nature. It repeats itself constantly. Uh, people tend to adjust and adapt when they have to, but not before they have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful answer. And that's same thing for me. I mean, I, before the pandemic, I was actually in corporate for over 20 years in November 7th of 2019, I decided to exit my corporate position and go do my coaching, my speaking full time. And I was all excited about it. And those first couple of months, I was surprised that how much of my identity was wrapped up into who I was in the corporate space. Yeah. And so I went through a period of influx and kind of like, what am I doing? You know, I just left a very lucrative job. I was comfortably miserable. There is what I, what I tell my coaching clients who are a lot of coming, who are coming to me that are comfortably miserable. They make good money. They're doing just good enough, but they're looking at their life saying, Hey, I don't want to have any regrets. And so for me, that's the situation I was like, okay, I could go, go get a job easily. I've got a master's degree and everything. Da, 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 da. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And then I talked to my wife and I built this business plan. I said, here's what's going to happen in 18 months. I'm going to match my, my corporate pay. And then March 20th, 2020 hit, you're going to be on a six week lockdown. And yeah. I was just like, what? Oh my God. And I was like, okay, we're going to get through the six weeks. No problem. It'll be over by summertime. Everything's going to be back open. Speaking gigs are going to be, you know, flourishing. And as we know, you know, it continued on for 18 months up until, you know, even recently now, I think they just declared it over, which is kind of surprising, but that's another subject. Um, so yeah, I mean, going through those processes, it was interesting to watch how humanity was. I was constantly, uh, during that six weeks, I was, I started another podcast, actually a video cast called Friday night live. It was just my way of keeping people inspired, keeping them, keeping them positive, answering their questions, just being a conduit and a connection to source and just being, being, being there for people. And my question for you is through the, the process of writing the go-giver, um, between when you wrote it and when you published it and now, what are some additional principles that you think you might include that, that have been become aware to you in the world around us? 
Well, so so when John and I, John David Mann is is my co-author of the the, the Go Giver as well as the other books in the series, and uh, he he's fantastic. He's the storyteller. You know, he's the guy that made it come alive. I'm I'm much more of a how-to person, Christopher. I'm step one, step two, step three. You know, every nice. book I wrote before the Go Giver series and every book since how-to books. So I could never have done what John did with that with that book. So the, as far as the principles go, you know, John and I both, who both of us entrepreneurs, both of us had, had studied success. Uh, he is a writer for years, had gotten to interview some of the most successful people as a speaker. I, I'd gotten to be on stage with some of the most successful people. And what we really did is we, we kind of went through what are the principles that all successful people have always done, okay? From from whenever for whenever there have been market economies, okay, uh, right. you know what have successful people done? Now, the the five laws, if you will, we came up with, which of course are nothing new. People have always done them. I remember what Jim Rohn, you know, used to say: uh, "Beware the person who comes promising new fundamentals, right? <laughs> uh, like right. New antiques. It, it, it's yeah." And so, um, so when we went through these and and kind of came up with the five that we've seen people, whether whether intuitively, you know, whether consciously or not, they always apply these five, all five, not one, two, three, or four, but all five of them in conjunction. We found that for someone to be stratospherically successful, they had to apply these five laws. So, so in answer to the question, what other laws, I don't see any other laws only because they'd all fall under those five. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can't mm -hmm. really think of anything that, uh, by the way, that doesn't mean there isn't. It just means I haven't thought of anything that, that, there, right. there, that there are. But I would say that any principle of success somewhere follows under those five laws, the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity and receptivity. And which one for you, because I, I was I was called to one of them in particular, which one for you really spoke to you as you were writing the book? Like, man, I got to include this one based on your own personal experience. Well, they're the ones that I uh, that I feel more comfortable with that are more intuitive to me. Uh, and they're one, ones I had to work on personally, even more so. Uh, I, I think receptivity, which is the last one, that seems to be the one that that almost everyone has had issues with. Yeah. And I know you interviewed our, our mutual friend, Randy Gage recently, and he's he's probably at this point the world's top prosperity expert and understands the psychology of it and everything about, you know, and and you know, he'll tell you that, that receptivity is, is mental and emotional, <laughs> right? And, and so it's the most difficult for people to grasp because as human beings, uh, we all operate from a set of beliefs, what I call our belief system. This, this belief system is, is handed to us when we're a little kid we're, we're not, we're not, consciously accepting or rejecting and asking people to check their premises or where did you learn? We're just taking it in, right? Yeah. So our belief system is a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, popular culture, cultural mores, everything that comes in. But by the time we're a little more than toddlers, uh, it's pretty much set. And so most yeah. people we grow up um, subject to what I call an unconscious operating system. And we make decisions uh, thinking that we're doing it out of conscious choice and strength when really we're working within a matrix, just like in the original movie, that we're not yes. even aware we're part of, right? 
And so a, a big part of this, this matrix, if you will, or the beliefs that we've been given by, uh, and I'm talking about society has given us, is a real negative anti-prosperity message. And so, you know, we grow up with these horrible ideas about money and prosperity and abundance and business. And, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I know I'm older than you are. I, the, the big, uh, you know, TV show was Dallas. Yeah. And J.R. Ewing was the the stereotypical, you know, greedy capitalist. Mm -hmm didn't only want to make money. He wanted to hurt others while he did it. Right. Yep. And, you know, and those are the messages he grew up with. So, so when, when, you know, when a, um, a young kid has all these messages that gets into the head, not just the conscious, but far worse, the unconscious. And so, yeah. So, you know, you grow up with all these, you know, thinking, yeah, I'd like to do well. I'd like to make money. I'd like to, you know, but you have all these, these, these unconscious tapes i guess i'm dating myself again there mm -hmm. audios going on in your head saying mm -hmm. no money is bad uh, wealthy people are evil they did, made their money on the backs of others they were dishonest they were right so now you're in a position where you're providing great value to the marketplace right and you have money that that should be coming you've created what we call the benevolent context for your success but as money's coming to you, what do you begin doing? Well, you start saying, again, this is an internal conversation. It's underneath mm -hmm. the layer. Yeah. Well, but what will people think if I have money now? Or what did I really have to do to get that? Was I dishonest? Was I, do I deserve it? I was, right? And we reject it. And, you know, there was a, a book that came out in the 1960s, one of the best I ever read. It was really the first book that, 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 set me on my journey to to understanding this it was called psycho cybernetics by dr I Max. Knew you were going to say that i knew it i knew it i knew it <laughs> i knew it 100 percent. and you know this is where i really uh you know this is where i began to learn it it's you know not what we think where we're thinking it's what we're really thinking underneath <laughs> right excellent, so excellent book yeah oh oh i just fantastic I have a limited edition sitting over there. That's, it was funny. I was thinking, I always try to like guess what my what my, what my uh, guests are thinking. And I was like, I'm just going to take a hunch because you said a book in the 60s. I was like, psycho-cybernetics. And Allison, you, you said that. Thank you for that, Bob. And you know, the one of the ones that I struggled with and before I'd read the book now and then again listening to it was the chapter on authenticity. Because for me, I've always been authentic, but I've always been on the border. Like I've learned through my life, like my mother was 100% authentic. She didn't give a crap about anybody's feelings or anybody. She was in control. You know, she was like, I don't care, like me or don't, whatever. She never apologized for anything. And she was miserable her whole entire life for the most part. And so as I was growing up, I had to sit there and sit there and decide like, do I want to turn out like her or do I want to turn out to be somebody different? And so what I started doing is I started researching who successful people were, what they were doing, you know, and applying the practices and personal development, personal growth space. And for me, it was like, okay, I want to be who I am, but I found this prescriptive manner in which if I know what Bob wants, if I know how Bob is and I cater myself to Bob, then I can be successful. And if I can cater myself to Jimmy and Darlene and Diana and Kevin, then I can be successful. But what, what cost am I compromising my own authenticity and who I truly am? And that's one of the reasons why I left corporate because I sat there, I was like, I can't continue to be somebody I'm not just for the sake of being successful on paper. 
And that's the same thing that I did back in 2013 when I was a suit and tie speaker. I was a suit and tie, went out there and did the same thing all the other speakers were doing and doing a little triangular pose. And I came off stage one time at a multi-speaker event and I was just like, wow, I'm not this person. I'm a rocker. I'm a biker. I'm just, um, I'm just a fun guy. I just like to help people. And it just really dawned on me, like, I have to be more authentic than, than trying to be prescriptive for the sake of being successful. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. So I, there's a lot to unpack there and it's a great, and, and I love that you brought it up because let's go back to premises again. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and, and let's look at what authenticity really means. Let's go. Because I think that the world, and maybe this is because of social media or it, which has really kind of sent this along, along this way, but there seems to be a, a, a definition, and again, an unconscious definition that, that people use about authenticity, meaning authenticity means you have no boundaries. Mm -hmm. You say what you want to say, you do what you want to do. Uh, you don't care about anybody else. You're not worried about, you know, that's authenticity. And I disagree. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. You know, this would be the guy who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. And if I were to act any differently, that wouldn't be authentic of me. Uh, no, that it simply means that this person has an authentic problem right. that he needs to authentically work on in order to become a better, higher, more effective, authentic version of himself. Uh, here's how I define authenticity. It, it, it's very simple. It's acting congruently with your values. Yes. That's it. That's Words it. right out of my mouth. And so, no, no one would expect you to, you know, to be everybody else. You're not everybody else. You're Christian, you know. And so, um, but we also know that there, that we do, you know, uh, you know, in a world that we work in, we also do make sure that we consider the feelings of other people as well. Can I give you an example of this? Because I think also often did your mic did your mic drop down? Sorry, it's in, oh, can you not hear me? Yeah, you go much better. Is that okay? Yep, good. Okay, um, authenticity is also confused. I think with another word, uh, transparency. Mm, love it. Now, transparency is a, typically a good thing. Be transparent, but it's not always appropriate. And let me let me <laughs> explain what I mean. Sure. Uh, you're in sales. And you you have a customer, and this customer not good person, but he is a he's not a warm fuzzy person, and you are okay, uh, and 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 he's the kind of person he's not relationship oriented. He expects when you come in to see him, he's going to say how are you, and you're going to say fine. How are you? And he's going to say fine, and then you get down to business. That mm -hmm. is how he likes to work. Okay, now that morning you get up. And you must have slept wrong because you've got a, your neck is really hurting and it's gone all the way down to your back. I mean, you just feel horrible, right? And now when you go in to see him and he says, how are you? You're going to say, fine, how are you? Now, if you're going to be transparent, you'd have to say, oh man, I got to tell you, I must have slept wrong. My neck is hurting. It's gone all the way down on my back and it, that's transparent. But that's not really authentic. Authentic means you're acting congruently with your values, which is to treat and work with your customers in a way that they want to be worked with. Yeah. Assuming they're, you know, they're honest and ethical and I'm not saying you would work with them. And you know what I'm saying, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. That you would work with that. Now, 
later on when you go to your chiropractor and she says, Hey, Christopher, how are you? Well, now it's totally appropriate. Yeah. Just say, man, I heard, you know, and, and you go through the whole thing. Uh, you know, you can be transparent there and that's authentic. You're at your chiropractors. And so, mm -hmm. so, uh, so again, I, I think we sometimes confuse authenticity with just whatever is on your mind or whatever is happening, you have to say, or, or you're not authentic. No, if you're acting congruently with your values, you are being authentic. I'm so glad you said that, Bob. That's one word that I utter a lot is congruency. And one of the things I ask people when they're just, when they're disturbed by something, I'm like, does it align with your values? And I ah, find more, yeah. more times than not, Bob, people don't even know what their values are. They think they know what their values are, but they should know those at least five of them off the top of their hands so that they can sit there and ask them themselves. This is what I challenge my coaching clients with is you should be able to challenge, does this align with my top five values? If it doesn't, then it doesn't need to be a part of this equation, even if it is um, uh, tantamount to being successful financially or exposure related or anything else, it's got to align with your values. So I think to your point, you got to sit there and uh, sit there and say, okay, what are my values and does this align with it? And then be forthcoming from that point. And that's one of the things I'm glad you brought that up is for my journey of being who I am was going from like the pendulum went, you know, one way, like, okay, here I am. I'm here I am world. And then finding out and getting some feedback and some blowback and like, okay, where's the happy medium of being who I am, being prescriptively successful, but also retaining my values and, you know, that transparency at the appropriate time. So I'm glad you brought that up. Beautiful. Moving along, one of the other questions that I have for you is in my research, probably, I mean, I've been studying personal development since I was probably 16 years old. Somebody gave me Tony Robbins personal power cassette tapes when I was homeless. I was living in a, in a trashy motel with my mom. And I was like, what band is this? I was like, oh my God, look at all these, these, these cassette tapes and this resident in the motel. Most of the people at the motel are residents. It was a weekly rate and all this other stuff. And he goes, this isn't a band. This is a, this is a motivational speaker. And I'm like, what's that? I had never been exposed to that. I knew about books and stuff like that, obviously, but motivational speakers and personal development and Tony Robbins, Les Brown, you know, um, Zig Ziglar, all those guys, I'd have no idea who they were. And so he hands me these cassette tapes and he says, just start listening to them. And through that process, I really started, you know, enjoying that there were other opportunities and other perspectives out there aside from the one I was getting from my mother, which was highly negative and very auto automatic and defensive and protective and everything else. Um, and then that, that thirst of studying personal development over the years, I've gone through certain niches. Like I went through child psychology for a while and found out to your point that we pretty much become who we're going to become by the zero to five, like that, those formative years, I have a son who's about to be six. Those formative years really instill in us those beliefs. That conditioning creates our beliefs. Our beliefs create our attitudes. Our attitudes create our feelings, and our feelings create our actions. And so, like to your point, if we sit there and think that everything's negative, then we're going to have this vicious perpetual cycle. And for me to break out of those cycles, I started saying, like I said before, what do successful people do? What do successful people do that stands out from what the general people do? What's that 1% who has it all? What is it that they're doing? And so what I did is I started researching what do successful people do before they, before everybody else. And so like I read Robin Sharma's book, uh, the 5am club, and I started getting really thirsty. Like what does Ed Milet do? What are all these different people? Dean Grassi, all these different people, what do they do in the morning when nobody else is doing stuff? Uh, and I found out there's that most of these guys have a certain ritual for the first hour of the morning. Do you have any rituals in your, in your life that you do every morning that sets you up for your day? Uh, you know, so it's interesting because mine would probably fly in the face of, of a lot of people because nice. once I get up, Damn. I get up at 4.30 um, and, uh, you know, they say, don't check your email and social media first thing. 
but once I'm, uh, you know, shaved, teeth brushed, uh, I go to my computer. I don't do it on the phone. I, I guess I don't know if it's age or just not catching up with the times, but I do everything on my desktop. Nice. Um, I can I make my first cup of coffee, which, by the way, I don't need to wake up. I just like it, you know. So um, mm -hmm. uh, and then I check uh, my email and social media. And, I'll, and, and here's why I do this, because I have so much coming in from the night before and all the various that it just makes me feel good to get that out of the way. That's the part I want to get out of the way. Okay. Yeah. And it's not that I don't enjoy it. I do enjoy social media and, and the emails and all the correspondence from overnight. I enjoy it, but I still want to get it over with so I can start my day. Uh, then my trainer comes in at anywhere from quarter to six to six o'clock. Her name is Diane. She's been doing this with me for now for about 12 years. The reason why I have a personal trainer is because as I get older and older, I am less motivated to work out and less motivated to eat well. And she works me out, keeps me accountable, prepares all my meals throughout the day. So all I have to do is heat them up. So I had to create an environment for discipline since my self-discipline in that area seemed to, you know, to go away. People think I'm very disciplined. No, I'm not. I just have ways of making it so it's easier for me to do the right thing than it is to do the wrong thing, right? <laughs> Smart man. Oreos in the house, right? Uh -huh. If you don't, <laughs> doesn't mean I never eat Oreos, but it means if I'm gonna, I've got to get physically into the car, drive to the store, buy Oreos, bring them back. Right? You need the whole sleeve. So I don't want to do it, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, and so uh, we, you know, I do I do the workout and so forth, and then I generally read for about a half an hour. I'm an avid reader, love it. You know, that's that's my ritual. I guess I do all the time that I'm always trying to, you know, pick up a book and read. Uh, and that's pretty much it. And then I I get to work, but my day starts pretty early, and so by the time I'm through with the workout, shower, do my reading, I've still got time to go before the day starts for everybody else. And yeah. I love. It's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a ritual that, you know, for me works, even though, again, people would say, don't check your emails and social media first thing. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. And, and I love that you brought that up. And then the component of that is very, is very, very important. But the, to, to the, to your point about answering the emails, you got to do what feels good for you. And I got to say through this, this, this course of meeting you, you've always been impeccable with responding to your emails and being super gracious. So I appreciate that about you. And I think that says a lot about the person and in, in the book, it talks about that. I mean, the big point of the book is having integrity with yourself really truly having integrity integrity with your words and your actions to be known bob like if i when i refer you out to people i want to be like bob was super punctual and always responded to my messages was super gracious you know was an absolutely phenomenal guest and so that lends to your integrity to say hey listen this is important to me this is something i want to take a take take a hold of but more importantly what you said is exactly in line with all the other successful people in the world is that they make the morning about themselves their self-improvement. I know that people journal, they meditate, they read, they write, um, they exercise. They take that, they take that first hour of the day to really set themselves up for success. Like for uh, me, the first, the first thing I do in the morning before my eyes wake up, before my eyes open, before my eyes open, probably 95% of the time, sometimes I just get up, um, is I say what I'm thankful for. So I wake up and normally I, I deal with anxiety, sometimes borderline depression throughout, you know, different times of the year and stuff like that. I'm very honest about it. So I wake up and I set the, I set the, I set the moment to say, okay, what am I grateful for? So I'm obviously grateful for about five or six things every single morning. The same thing. My son's sleeping in my room next to me my wife's sleeping next to me. Got a roof over my head. Da, da, da. And then I go into other things that I'm grateful for. Even sometimes thanking the people that made the bed, whatever I could find gratitude for thankful for having electricity when hurricane Ian was going on. And then the second thing I do, Bob, is I say what I'm intending for the day. 
So before my eyes open again, my second ritual is I go into and I say, I'm intending to be present and playful with my son. I'm intending to use my words and my actions to make the world a better place for who I am and what I do. Intention, intention, intention. So that as I'm going through my day, if I'm not in, in alignment with those things, I say, what, what, what intention did I set this morning for myself? Did I set the intention to be thinking negative? Did I set the intention to watch the news? No, Chris, you didn't. You set the intention to make the world a better place. Have you done that yet? No. Okay, what can you do right now to make the world a better place? A post, a video, a walk and talk, a call to somebody, a text to somebody, something to break that cycle to make sure that I'm on path and on congruent with my values and everything else. Do you have any similar experiences with yourself and how you do that? Staying conscious. And, and that's the biggest thing of all. I think that's the most important thing of all, because we go through our day, we live our life and it is, it is so difficult to be conscious. You just think about breathing, right? We, well, we don't, most of us don't, I don't usually think about breathing and you think about how, I mean, that's free of charge. We do it all the time. We have to, to sustain our life. Yet how often do we say, wow, thank you that I can actually breathe this, this air that sustains me, right? So true. See, what you talked about with gratitude, I think is the most important thing of all. I believe that gratitude is the one trait that makes happiness possible. And the reason why is because you can have all the blessings in the world. And I'm not talking about a private jet or a boat or, you know, whatever it is. Those great. I, I honor anybody you can afford it and have that's great, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just all the things, the ability to see, hear, touch, taste, and smell, the ability to, as you said, have a roof over your head, have loved ones, have a a meal on the table, uh, have books to read and be able to, I mean, look at all the things it's, it's really never ending all the things that we have to be grateful for. And yet if we're not grateful for them, in essence, it's the same as not having them. And we simply cannot be happy. And that was a big thing for me because my first 35 years uh, of life, I did not live in gratitude. I did not. I did not appreciate anything. And I I looked at the the bad side of everything and 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 saw the negative in everything. And it was, uh, you know, only when I, I started reading some books and gratitude seemed to come up a lot. And I started making a study of gratitude and I began to, to really focus on gratitude and what I was grateful for that my life took a significant turn. Um, so yeah, so I think what you said is just the most important thing of all for us to, to, to get conscious of, and that is what we are grateful for. Yes. Thank you for reinforcing that, Bob. I mean, it's one of the biggest things that I tell people when I speak from stage, I ask people like, what's your biggest issue right now? Is it health or money or whatever else? And usually most people raise their hand and say money. I'm like, okay, if I could, I said, I want you to suspend all beliefs for a moment. I said, if I could bring out a million dollars cash on stage right now and I could give it to you, who here would be willing to do almost anything to make that happen? Cash free, tax free, everything. Who's in the game right now? Who would be willing to almost do nearly anything to, to make this happen? People's hands are all up in the air. They're all excited. They think this is like an Oprah show. Like, oh my God, is there something underneath my chair? And I sit there and say, okay, I want you to suspend belief for a minute. I've got this money here on stage. I want you to give me your eyesight. A million dollars cash, you give me your eyesight. I'm gonna use your eyes to go give somebody else sight. A million dollars, hands go down, Bob. Every once in a while, there's a hand up and I'm sitting there. I'm like, what, what? I thought everybody just was all excited about the fact that a million dollars would change your life forever, but nobody's got their hand raised right now. Why? And people are like talking and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's a lot. Your eyesight. I mean, I granted, okay. So who, who, a million, half a million dollars, $500,000 cash. People are looking at me like, what? I'm like, okay, suspending belief. You give me your legs. 
You're paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of your life. You got $500,000 cash, tax-free money right now. You're paralyzed for the rest of your life. You can still surf. You can still drive cars. I have friends that are paralyzed. They're, they're more adventurous than I am with legs. Nobody raises their hand. So I sit there and I tell him, I said, what you guys are focusing on is all absolutely wrong. I said, because when you wake up tomorrow morning, I want you to remember me. And the fact when your eyes open and your feet hit the ground, you're a million five ahead of the game. And I see right. people like, wow. And I, every, every time I've done that, I walk off stage and like, I, out of everything you said, Chris, that last part was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Like I don't take for granted all the different things. I mean, to your point about breathing, I had a friend of mine, I won't say his name, but he recently did not take attention to his bowels and was not going to the bathroom. Let's just say that. Wound up having his colon rupture, diverticulitis, wound up being on a colostomy bag. And he says, Chris, and I swear to God, Bob, he says it to me just like this. He goes, Chris, you know, I know you're always looking for things to be thankful for and weird stuff. He goes, I wish I could wipe. I wish I could take a shit and I wish I could wipe my own ass. Not to be graphic, but he was just like, so you want to put that in your in your filler cup? He goes, I've always taken it for granted. He goes, I will never take for granted being able to use my own organs and my own body to go to the bathroom again. And I have never forgot that, Bob. Never forgot that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, every time I go to the bathroom, I think of him and I'm like, thank you for reminding me about that. I've told people that they're like, you know what, Chris, I never thought about that. I'm like, ask somebody with a colostomy bag. The little things we take for granted, we think that are always going to be there. Once that one thing's gone, everything else changes. It does. Um, so my next question for you is you were speaking about books aside from cyber cybernetics, uh, psycho cybernetics. Um, what other books have been super powerful for you in your life? Maybe you know, talk to us about a low point in your life. You went through some challenges, maybe read a book or something like that. Aside from the ones you've read, what, what books do you advise for people to read that are like, you know, game changers? Uh, let's see. And please pardon me for turning my back. Uh, no worries. I'm, I'm trying not to look at all your books because that's, I have a habit of doing that. Um, uh, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, was written in 1909. Uh, it's called Peace, Power, and Plenty by Orison Sweat Marden. Uh, he was actually the founder of Success Magazine. And he was a brilliant wow. writer and uh, entrepreneur. And uh, this is a book that, I, this is one of the, I, I believe it's an original edition. Uh, so I, I didn't even, usually I highlight and underline and do all those things like in a book. I, I couldn't even write in it. I just, I just took notes uh, and, and did, you know, put them on yellow stickies with the write-ups of what I wanted them to say. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> nice. so you think about it, peace, power, and plenty, three of the most important, um, uh, aspects of, of life, peace, inner peace. So it's the person who can master themselves and master their own emotions. Um, it, 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 and that's, you know, uh, to have, to have that kind of peace, there's, there's power again, o over ourselves, not over others, but have the kind of power that, that helps you navigate the world in a very effective way. And then plenty, which is the prosperity we're talking about. What does prosperity and abundance do? It allows you, it allows you to live out your values basically. And I just thought, you know, every single, every single page in this book seemed to have a, um, a nugget. So that's hmm. a, a great one. Another one, um, This to me is one of the greatest of all time. It's called The Secret of Selling Anything. And Ooh, it's by a Harry Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E. Now, this was actually written back in the 60s when he and, and it was not even intended to be published. He he was a best-selling author of a number of books on economics, on philosophy, um, on um uh politics, uh, but uh, this one was just he he wrote for his sales team uh, back you know back in the 60s, and so he had there were actually two two separate 
pamphlets he put together. One was on, on understanding human nature, and the other was on how understanding human nature related to sales. Now, after he passed in, I think, 2006, 2007, uh, his widow, Pamela, found the two, um, uh, the two manuals on his hard drive, and she, she uh, showed them to someone who introduced her to uh, one of the great copywriters of all time, direct marketers, Gary Benzavina, who introduced her to Ken McCarthy, who's another great, great uh, uh, direct response person who, who bought the rights to the book and called it the secret of selling anything. Uh, just so you know, the secret is to selling anything. The secret of selling anything, as Harry says in the book, is find out what people want and help them get it. That's the big yeah. What this <laughs> the really other golden rule. Yeah. What this really is, it's an absolutely beautiful treatise on understanding human nature. I'm going to get both Harry, of them. Yeah, Harry was a great man who, and I got to know him for a while before he passed, and uh, he was a hero of mine. And he, he was a person who who understood human nature like none, no other uh, that I ever met. Uh, he was a, a kind, a gentle man. Uh, everybody who knew him just loved him. And uh, to me, it's it's one of these books of someone said, you know, if you're 18 years old or if you had an 18 year old kid and you had to give one book, well, there's not just one book, there's lots and lots of books. But if there was just one to help navigate through life, to me, it would be this one, because understanding human nature is so important because that's who we're dealing with. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's as simple as that. Right? So <laughs> true. So yeah, I did a um, a blog post on it at Berg, uh, B-U-R-G.com slash blog, and then you can just put in Harry Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E, or The Secret of Selling, put that in the search, it will come up to it. And it show, it, it provides his, his three major principles that I thought were the most important of all when understanding human nature. And to me, it's just a beautiful book. And now it was written in the 60s. Some of the language is dated, but the principles, like any other principle or mm -hmm. universal law, totally holds true. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm glad that you didn't say think and grow rich and, you know, uh, the, you know, oh, how's a great book. Yeah. any of the, the more, the more commonly known sure. ones. So I'm glad you brought those up because I remember, I think I've heard about the, the selling one. I haven't heard about the other one. So I'm going to get both of those. I'll go back and write those down. So thank you for that. One of the questions I have for you before we get done, I mean, we're, we're coming up to our time and thank you for this has been brilliant. You know, with the way I think about you know, the, what books were written back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. You know, we think about the different generations in life. We had the silent generation. We had the baby boomer generation, Gen X, Gen Y, so on and so forth. How have things changed have you seen in the newer generations? And are you going to be writing books more to that type of demographic now that they're in charge and everything? You know, it's a, it's an interesting question because we, we say, you know, the, the younger generations now, they're not, they want meaning in their work, okay? But I think all the generations wanted meaning, meaning in their work. The difference is the younger generations aren't willing to, to negotiate on that. They're not mm -hmm. willing to take five years before feeling they're part of it or 10 years. They're not willing to, to give their life to a company because of the responsibilities they have to their family, you know, or, or what have you. Um, whereas I think the people in our generation older and, and so forth, um, you know, we were in that, we lived in that paradigm, uh, you know, many of us and, and so forth. So I, I don't, again, I don't think human nature ever, you know, changes it, it human nature by, by the very nature of the thing doesn't change. Mm -hmm. It's a universal law. It's a principle, but how people will respond 
to that around them does change because people grow and, yeah. and cultures grow and generations grow and, and we get more knowledge and we have more. Right. So I, I think that's the biggest thing that the, 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 the youngins <laughs> mm-hmm. are just not, not willing to give their life away for what's going to happen in the future. Maybe they want to have meaning in their work. They want to feel as though they're part of it. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves, but unlike past generations, they're not willing to, to negotiate on that. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's very, very evident. And I'm glad you asked, answered that question. My final question for you is what books are you writing next? What's what's on the table for Bob Berg? Um, and uh, how can we help promote it? Well, right now, and this is going to be my last one, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, although I always say that after. <laughs> book, but um, I had a book out years ago called uh, Adversaries into Allies. And it was about people skills. It was about mastering people skills and, and so forth, which is a, a you know a favorite topic of mine. And um, interestingly enough, it really didn't didn't sell that well. Now I had a, a book, my first book on that topic, which I had originally titled "Winning Without Intimidation: How to Master the Art of Positive Persuasion," got picked up by an independent publisher. Years after that, they they retitled it "The Art of Persuasion." That thing's never stopped selling. I think but, I have that I'm, I'm grateful for, but it's not my best work in that because it was still originally written 23 years ago or so. So when I wrote Adversaries and the Allies, I thought, this is the book. This is the book I was meant to write, that I was put on earth to write. And it didn't sell well at all. And I think, unfortunately, the title just didn't, didn't hit. And typically, the marketplace will let you know. If the yeah. title is a good one or not. So uh, we're retitling it. I, I got the rights back from the publisher. I'm retitling it Genuine Influence. Uh, and then Master the Art of Positive Persuasion. And it's just, um, and and it should be, we're going through the final edits and it should hopefully be released sometime early uh, 2023. So nothing really to do at this point yet, but but hopefully that will be out uh, soon. But uh, my business partner, Kathy Tajanel and I are, you know, continuing to build our go-giver online community network. And, and, uh, we just love that. And that's just, it's just such a joy to, to have all those members and people from across the world who want to live their lives, conduct their business, the go-giver way, looking to bring value to everyone else while being very open to receive. Awesome. Awesome. Bob Berg, ladies and gentlemen here on the Ron and Scripted show, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. When that book comes out, I will go get that book and then I will read it and I'll send you out an invitation to have you back here on the show and talk about that. I just think you're brilliant. And we, uh, we didn't talk a lot about the go-giver book and I'm going to, I'm going to plug that and I'm going to put it inside the show notes for the, for the broadcast. So people can click on it and go straight to Amazon and be sure to get it. But any final words you would like to leave the viewers and the listeners with before I place you backstage? No, you know, I just, first, I appreciate you having me on again. I be behind the scenes. I, I wish people knew just how fantastic you were, but to work with uh, and how flexible you were and how you really gave me a break and, and led because I had to reschedule uh, and it, it was really appreciated, Christopher. And you're, you're a great guy. You're one of life's good people. You're doing fantastic things. And it's just a, a joy and an honor for me to have been here. And I wish everyone listening and watching just stratospheric success. Awesome, brother. Thank you. I'm going to place you backstage. Don't go anywhere because I still want to have a chat with you over the show. I'm just going to end up the show here for a second. So thank you, Mr. Bob Berg, the go-giver. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. A brilliant, brilliant conversation. Highly, highly recommend. Obviously, go get the book, The Go-Giver. It's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal book. It's common sense 
ways of sitting there approaching life. But in the common sense, if you sit there and you think about how you approach your life and the expectations that you have and the perceptions that you have, when you really start to model the behavior of the character in the book, it's a journey, it's a story. Um, it's pretty incredible what it is that you can do in your life. And the thing I highly recommend that you do is you take those five principles and you write them down, you put them on a sticky note. I'm a sticky note person. I have sticky notes all over my monitor right here. When something is super important and I want to learn it and I want to apply it, I put it right there to make sure that I'm applying it every single day. So take the principles out of the book, write it down there on a sticky note, put it in front of you, put it on your dashboard and start living and embodying those principles because the book is phenomenally successful. And I went and looked on Amazon, it was something like 7,000 reviews, five-star reviews. I tried to find negative reviews. The lowest review I could find was a three-star review with some people were saying, well, it's common sense stuff. You should know this. But astronomically, the five-star reviews are nothing short of amazing and inspiring what these people have done with their lives, their organizations, their businesses by applying and being specific and intentional with this. This is what I want for you guys. You know, it's one thing to be inspired by the show and go, oh my God, I'm so inspired and I feel so good. And you know, wow, I'm going to go get the book. But it's one thing to do that, but it's another thing to really commit and make it a workbook and make it a make it a plan, make it a lifestyle. Sit there and give yourself 90 days, 180 days and apply those principles continuously and then monitor what it is that comes out of that particular situation for you, your life. Because I know for me, once I started learning at a very young age to go give and to serve and to be there and to be like Bob was saying, you know, the flexible person, the gracious person. When I learned to do that and go out there and serve first, the, the abundance that I received in my life, the mentors that I've received in my life, the opportunities I've received in my life that usually come out of nowhere are pretty surprising. It's really, plus it's just a great way to live. I mean, we know the golden rule is to give, um, is to give yourself, go serve and make, and make the world a better place. And right now there's no better time. There's, I mean, there's no shortage of chaos and uncertainty and calamity anywhere you look. If you watch the news, I don't watch the news. I don't follow politics. I kind of keep my head in the sand. I believe that everybody's good people. I, I know we have challenges and troubles, but most important factor is who am I being today? And what is it that I can do to make the world a better place? You guys know that's my eulogy. You guys know it. The crux of my eulogy, it says Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair. He will have risked for which that mattered and he will have left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. And that's what I want for you guys. Have a list of values values, be congruent, be specific, be authentic, be intentional, go get the book. I want to hear from you guys when you get the book and you read it, send me a message send me, and I'll, cause I want to share these with Bob, send me a message and let me know how it impacted you. And, uh, and if potentially you can go implement it into your, um, in your organizations. And one of the things we forgot to do while Bob was on the show is to make sure that you go check them out go to HTTPS. Uh, colon forward slash forward slash berg.com. Of course, a different way of doing is www.berg.com. Go check him out. And of course, he's got an online community. So go definitely check out this www. This is for my audio people, the gogivercommunity.com. Again, www.thegogivercommunity.com. These will be links in the show notes that you guys can go click on as well as the click to the book. Go do that. Go out there, be intentional. And moreover, write down your values and ask yourself every day if you're being congruent and in alignment with those particular values and watch how your life changes. Of course, I'm always here for you guys every single step of the way. The No Excuses Coach. So let me know what it is that I can do for you guys. Um, and be sure to check us out again on podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. We will be back here next Tuesday, 7 p.m. with another amazing guest, or I might just do a solo show. I love and appreciate you guys. My misfits for life. Go out there, be brilliant. I love you guys. Stay unstoppable.